You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Stapes and Hartigan invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hartigan. Hello, Joseph. Buddy, are you excited? I'm in Los Angeles. The Oscars happened just down the street a few days ago. How exciting for you. I watched the highlights, which I reckon was about 40% of the actual show. And that was painful and dull enough. I can only imagine how tiresome it must have been to sit through the entire ceremony. I only watched the, the like the last hour of it. We were like doing other things and we ran out of stuff to do. And we were like, should we... Should we watch the uh, Should we watch the Oscars? I guess there were some really cringe-inducing moments. Um, you know, I know that actors like to get political, and I know there's a lot going on in Hollywood, and there are some very important causes and movements. But when actors take to the stage and read about them badly off an auto cue, it does not make for good television viewing. Yeah, no, the the more inspired ones were the more off the cuff ones. But whatever, we don't have to get into that. I have to say, the one highlight was the fact they brought back. Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty yeah. to do Best Picture. I thought that was a beautiful touch. That was funny. You know, and, and, and I think overall, Kimmel did a really good job. He's uh, Oh, he's, he's great. He's pitch perfect for that sort of thing. Coming up on today's show, we got a poker news roundup. What stories have we missed while we've been covering my loss at the American Poker Awards? One of those stories is the LAPC High Roller winner, Alex Foxen. He is the guest on this week's show. This is a good shout, Joe, because this is a guy who came onto our radar, I think it was in Prague at the end of last year when he made a deep run in the Prague main event. And Griffin was all over this guy saying he's just had this big score uh, in the WPT5 Diamond. He's definitely one to watch. He's had another big score in the last few days. Really pleased to be talking to him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm surprised we could get him. We'll also be recapping uh, someone who is not one to watch me in my live poker career at the London Mega Stack at the Hippodrome. I played that a couple of weekends ago. You see, I didn't want any spoilers because I knew we were going to be discussing this event on the podcast, so I didn't necessarily want to see the result, but I did catch a glimpse of recent Platinum Pass winners, and I noticed your name wasn't on the list, Joe, did, so I'm going to assume you did not win the London Mega Stack. I'm sorry that I couldn't keep that information from you for this long, but yeah. Can you imagine if I had won it and you found out like in the news? Anyway, uh, super fan Rob Vernon, he is here. He is on the blower here to talk Pulp Fiction. And uh, Pulp Fiction is, uh, is, a, is a movie that, I, that was pre, pre my drinking days. So it's a movie I remember fairly well. I think I should do all right. It's a movie that I think most people of our general generation have seen multiple, multiple times. So it's a film I actually haven't watched in the better part of a decade, but I still have a very good recollection of it. Yeah, so looking forward to uh, being reminded of some of that. Uh, before we get into the, the meat of the show here, I have a basket of apology kittens that I need to send to former superfan Andrew Piper. I forget how we I say his name. I saw Piper. the tweet, Joe, and wow, you really, really crushed this guy. Yeah, his, uh, his tweet was like a little annoying, but he was right. He was right in that Andrew... Uh, was at the American Poker Awards and was recording. And so I asked him for the audio of when Dave and I went on stage. So what you heard last week when me and Dave did that bit, that was from Andrew's audio. And I failed to uh, to credit him and to thank him for that last week. So even though I was like, oh, my God, dude, get over it. He was right. <laughs> he did help out. And I appreciate it. But, yeah, okay, I'm done. It's the fact Apology that... Apology kittens, go. <laughs> 
the fact that he wouldn't let it go, and the fact that he even included the tongue-in-cheek, passive-aggressive, I'm glad you lost line was kind of like, you know, yeah. Yeah, that made it really hard for me. Like, in general, I don't have a problem admitting when I'm wrong, except for, like, if it's for comedy purposes to keep beating a dead horse. But, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, man, I really... All right, I'm just going to bite the bullet on this one. Speaking of bullets, Fargo season two, James. Oh, my God. There's just this. This show is so good. I watched um, season one recently. It took, took me a while to get to get into to the Fargo, the TV series. I got to the end of season one, had every intention of starting season two, kind of forgot that it was on Netflix. So, yes, it's on the list. And I believe season oh. three has now dropped in the UK as well. So I'm all over Fargo soon. I have, however, been balancing two shows. Did I mention last week that I'd started watching Altered Carbon? And you did, but you'd only watched a half an episode. Well, now I've only watched three episodes, and the jury's still out. I have been distracted by season three of Gamora, which is bloody fantastic. This is the uh, Italian series about organized crime in Naples, and the first two seasons were mind-blowing. The third season is just as good. It is also one of the most beautifully shot programs on television, and the framing the compositions are just exquisite james you know how i feel about uh shows that glorify organized there crime. is no glorification in this there are no heroes no i, I well that's what kind of what i that's kind of what i don't like you know I, I i couldn't even find a hero on the sopranos no but this this oh i would say the sopranos had some relatively likable characters compared to this there is no one likable in this program there yeah, is no one to root for that. but it's also the low end of organized crime it's just so scrappy it's just so low end and no trust me it's a really good series and strongly recommended and based on a book uh, by a journalist who actually explored this world and has obviously had threats against his life for exposing the true level of what organized crime uh, in, on the estates of Naples is like. I'll, I'll consider it. I, uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I had, I, so James, I don't know if I told you guys this or not. I do this thing now where, um, because my time is at a premium when I'm dating, I will often invite a date to come to open mic with me. I'd say that's at one step up from taking a date to the American poker awards. Yeah, you know, well, one of them uh, is, at least had a meal involved in it. Um, I will often bring a date to open mic with me, but what happened was, so Monday night I, I had a date, and um, a friend of mine was performing comedy, and I was like, look, I got to go do this, go to this comedy show, but if you want to come with me, you know, that could be our date, and, you know, we can have some drinks beforehand and see the comedy show and, and hang out afterward. Well, the comedy show ended up being little more than like a glorified open mic and they had signups and I was like, you know what? Why not? Why not just like sign up? This was impromptu, but I'm just going to sign up and I'll jump up on stage at some point. And then what ended up happening was we, what, what happens a lot in these open mics is even though I was like seventh on the list, I'm not known at this place. So a lot, I got bumped like four or five times. So my date's like, and my date's Brazilian, by the way. So she's like not even getting all of the, the comedy. So she's like super bored. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm on next. I'm pretty sure I'm on next. And finally, like two hours into this, I go on stage and I bomb. Like I just, I just bomb horribly. Um, I just, I, I like, no, like even I have like one friend in the audience. She's not laughing. I then start to just like fall apart on stage. I end up just bailing out halfway through. I'm like, I'm going to give some time back to the room and leave. My date immediately left. She was like, cool. It was nice meeting you. Bye. 
I went. I did something, James. I the next day, I knew I was never going to hear from her again. I went back to the app where we met, and I and I sent her a link to one of my shows, and I was like, "Look, I just have to do this. I know I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> I can I be good. To... I can be funny. People do laugh at me. Look, yes. you can hear them clapping. Listen, listen to them. They adore me. Really, they do." Right. So the moral of the story is, I don't think I'm ever going to find true love or happiness. Oh. Two people we know who work for Poker Stars. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for Poker in the Year's News. Announcement on social media from Selena Lynn that she and Randy Lou are getting married. Now, this is obviously very exciting, and we send our congratulations to Selena and Randy, and they've timed it perfectly because they're both on TV at the moment because we've been watching the Pokestars Championship Cash Challenge on Wednesday nights on Channel 4 in the UK and on Thursdays at youtube.com slash Pokestars in the rest of the world, and I believe in this week's show, Selena subs out for Randy. So they've both had some screen time, and now they're getting married. So they've been so now they're legally going to be playing out of the same stack. It seems like now when I saw this on social media, I was like, is this legit? Because wasn't wasn't the ring kind of funny or something? It was like some kind of like gold sellotape that Randy had sort of screwed together into a ring. Yeah, I mean, that's not really a, a good advertisement for him being a winning poker player. Well, here's a question for you, Joe. How many platinum passes can you give away in a single weekend? The answer, it seems, is 10, because that's what happened uh, last weekend on PokerStars. So many free rolls, so many opportunities to win, and I'm sure that many of you will have seen the story shared on social media and on the PokerStars blog. The biggest of the bunch, I think, has to be Sven McDermott, a guy who is a huge Twitch fan, uh, was watching Spraggy's stream on Twitch, and then got himself signed up to a Twitch free roll, bagged the Platinum Pass, and he was in a hotel. And when he won the Platinum Pass, when he won the free roll, his reaction was, shall we say, somewhat loud, to the point that the hotel manager came to his room to tell him to be quiet. Not that I think he cares, because he will be going to the Bahamas in January of next year to play the PokerStars Players' Championship. What if that's just like his thing to like freak out in hotel rooms like in the in, at PCA, like the Atlantis manager is going to have to stop by also. <laughs> uh, so there is a full list on the PokerStarsBlog.com of everyone who won a platinum pass over the weekend, 10 given away in total. And of course, I think in a future episode of the podcast, we'll do our kind of uh, state of the union address of where we're at with platinum pass winners and hopefully speak to someone who's going to play that event at Atlantis next year. I can now confirm, I guess this is news. It's also a bit of a promotional message, but we are going to be giving away a platinum pass on PokerStars TV during the EPT Sochi stream. So I can now confirm that's a thing. We did it at the PCA and we're going to be doing it again with Sochi. And all you need to do to be eligible is make sure you are watching every single day. Obviously, there is going to be more than that. But to find out how you can win, to be in the draw, you will need to be with us for every single day of our coverage from the 25th to the 29th of March. And coming up in the next couple of weeks, we'll have our Sochi preview show with more details. But really excited because I really enjoyed giving one of our viewers a platinum pass in the Bahamas, Joe. I'm glad we get to do it again uh, a couple of months later. 
Yeah, and the guy who won in the Bahamas, he's not a poker player, really. He's he's barely a poker. He's more of a poker fan, and that's that's exactly the kind of person we want to be giving these passes to. Not just a poker fan, but a super fan, and he's going to be appearing on this podcast in that slot in the next three weeks. Cool. Um, one bit of breaking news, I guess, because this was announced yesterday. In fact, I think I saw it on Eric Seidel's Twitter feed, Joe. Sad news that Paul McGrill, a.k.a. X-22, has passed away. This is a guy who anyone who watched the early seasons of the World Poker Tour will vividly remember. He was a poker player and backgammon player and backgammon coach who, because he went by the handle X-22, was obsessed with deuces and whenever he would make a bet, there was always some combination of 22 in there. And for example, if he bet 22,000, he would say quack quack. If he bet 44,000, that would be a double quack quack. He was a character. He was a character, and uh, he was one of those guys who, you know, those of us like me and James who kind of cut our teeth in the poker media in the mid-2000s, he was one of those guys that was a name back then. He was one of those guys that you covered. He was one of those guys that you... And I'm not going to lie, he was a bit of a weird dude, but... So I read this uh, article that Nolan Dollar wrote uh, in memoriam of uh, of Paul McGrill, and it turns out that you know James mentioned that he's a backgammon player. He was like living the lifestyle, like flew around the world and played high stakes backgammon against really famous people. Would like he was like a tuxedo wearing, high stakes gambler. He was not the guy. Uh, that we all saw at the World Series in 2005, 2006, 2007. He was like a real hobnobber, a mover and a shaker. So I'd recommend tracking down that article if you want to find out some more about a really fascinating guy. Absolutely. And our colleague Brad Willis wrote that he first encountered Paul McGrill at EPT Copenhagen in 2005 when Brad was just starting off the PokerStars blog, starting to cover live events. And he said, it's people like Paul that attracted him to the game of poker. It's the characters. It's the people with stories. It's the people with lifestyles like that lavish traveling around the world playing high stakes backgammon you just mentioned, Joe, that makes the game so fascinating and makes these people so interesting. Agreed. Uh, well, let's see if our guest is an interesting character. We come to the LA Poker Classic, big event in your part of the world, Joe. The 25K High Roller event, which had 50 runners, was won by Alex Foxen for $425,000. I don't see Alex on the line, Joe. Yes, uh, well, I, I don't see him on the line either. I, I do see a, a Twitter direct message from him that says, Hey, Joe, my bad. I completely forgot and I'm helping my girlfriend move. Is there any way we can push this? Um, well, Alex, unfortunately, no, there is not because this show goes out literally hours after we are done recording it. Um, sick brag that you have a girlfriend, <laughs> I guess. Uh, now, I will I'll take some of the blame on this. I was supposed to check in with Alex last night and make sure that he was still on board. And if I had done that and he had bailed, at least we would have known before we started recording. Um, he says he's happy to come on the show another time. I think he's worth exploring because, as we mentioned at the top of the show, he's a guy who came onto our radar during Prague. He made a deep run. Uh, Griffin kept banging on about someone called Billy Foxen because I think he's, <laughs> he's W.A. Foxen. So he's obviously William Alex Foxen, goes by Alex. Griffin knew him as Billy, but crucially, it's the same guy. Um, had that deep run in Prague, and of course, just before that, came second in the WPT5 Diamond main event for $1.1 million. He's clearly an up and comer. Wasn't he up for an American Poker Award as well? He was, and that's what I wanted to talk to him about because a lot of people thought that he was the biggest upset, was that he didn't win. Oh, really? Uh, 
for like breakout player of the year. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to him about that now. And that's what that's what the dumb game was based on. It was called You Were Robbed, and it's about people that were supposed to have won awards but didn't. We'll save it, Joe, because as we'll I said, save let's, it? Okay. let's try and get him on down the line. So next week, uh, Jake Cody on Cash Challenge. Richard Orford will be with us for our Sochi preview. Just to give people advance warning, uh, we are going to be on hiatus during the spring period. We're going to take our Easter break, and it's going to be a three-week break. And then we come back from that, it's full steam ahead to Monte Carlo. We'll be looking ahead to the uh, big EPT event in Monaco at the end of April, beginning of May. Yeah, man, really exciting stuff. And uh, I feel like I'm going to miss Europe a little bit in the in the, in the the next few weeks where I'm not going to be there. So uh, let's go. Bring it on. Poker in the ears. All right, well, let's uh, take a little trip into the lobby. What's going on with the free roll? Okay, so last week's free roll was red carpet night. You remember we ran it on Monday, the day after the Oscars, in the wake of the American Poker Awards. It attracted 486 runners, so obviously getting rid of late registration eliminated some of the people who were just seeking value. However, it did seem that uh, at least a third of the field was from Brazil, and there are suspicions that not all of those Brazilians listen to poker in the ears. I think there's a very good chance that someone is amplifying information about the name of the free roll the time of the free roll and the password on a message board somewhere so we are doing something to fix that which is going to prove popular for some people and unpopular for others but it is an experiment and we will see what happens next week uh, can i quickly say joe and i don't know whether you're willing to fulfill this request but Michael Constantine, one of the people who was talking about the uh, high number of Brazilian players, would like a shout-out for finishing third of 486 runners. I I'm still not exactly clear what a shout-out is. So um, this is where I'd be like, Oh, Michael Constantine, long-time fan. Love you, buddy. Finished third place in this week's free roll. Great job, dude. Way to go. That's what he's looking for, yeah. That's a shout-out. That's a shout-out. Can you do that for him? No, I don't do those. Sorry. Okay. So we are going to continue with the $500 free rolls, but remember, the idea of these is to try and give something back to people who listen to the show, fans of our live streams, our TV shows, and our podcasts. So we are, from now on, going to restrict the free roll to listeners and players in Europe and Canada. If you are not in Europe... If you are not in Canada, I'm sorry, you will not be able to enter the next free roll. But what we're trying to do is stop all these people from certain parts of the world who are just looking for opportunities to make some free money and I don't want to say ruin the experience for other people, but not necessarily take part in a game that's designed for a certain community. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, we'll, we'll see how much backlash there is, but uh, you know, it seems like that would be where most of our listeners will be hanging out look we're just we're trying to get this right for you guys so hey it's a process now the free roll is going to take place on sunday the 11th of march which is a very special day because it was the day that james hartigan was brought into this world which is why we're calling this week's ah. free roll the birthday bonanza that's what it'll find it's called birthday bonanza and it runs and bear in mind that it's one of those confusing weeks where Americans have changed the clocks, but we haven't. So in Canada, it will be at 4.35pm Eastern Daylight Time. 
but in the UK that's 8.35pm GMT, that's 9.35pm Central European time. It won't appear in the lobby until 20 minutes before start time. There'll be no late reg on Birthday Bonanza. The password, and I'm only going to give you part of it, you have to work out the last bit, it's some letters and then two digits. James and Joe are... And then two digits. So J-A-M-E-S-A-N-D-J-O-E-A-R-E, all lowercase, James and Joe are, and then two digits. And those of you who are genuine superfans, those of you who know our show, know our content, will know exactly how old Joe has been forever. And finally, this Sunday, I will be the same age as Joe. So James and Joe are, insert two digits. Wow, a little mystery, a little, not quite a math equation, but like a trivia, like a little trivia question to get into the free roll. There's going to be 11 people in the free roll this week. (laughs) Which will suit the 11 people who managed to get in and slice up the $500 in prize money. Uh, Talking of money, there was a lot on the line at the Hippodrome last weekend. Let's do our event recap. Event Recap. Event Recap. Yeah, all right. So I was super excited to play this. I decided that, uh, you know, we don't have a lot uh, going on in London for the next few months, me and James. So I figured I might not be back in London for a while. We're done recording the cash game shows. We don't have any tournament shows to record uh, for a few months until we uh, figure out what's going on with what we shot at the PCA. So I was like, I may not be back in London for a while. There is a mega stack happening the weekend before I'm supposed to get there. Thank you to Nina, uh, who coordinates the travel, our, our travel, our production manager. Uh, she got me over to London a little bit early. I decided that I would pay for a couple extra hotel nights, pay my own buy-in to play the Mega Stack, because uh, I wanted to play for this Platinum Pass. And I just think, look, those those Hippodrome events are so fun, and I decided it might be nice to come in a few days early, spend the weekend in London. Either I do well in the tournament, great. If not, I get to go out and spend a weekend in London. I did, James, fully intend to quit if I won the Platinum Pass. I would have quit in, like, spectacular fashion. Is that quitting for game integrity reasons or quitting because it's like, I'm done with this shit and I don't need it anymore? The latter, my friend. Okay. I would have. It, it would have been a, a Jerry Maguire epic, like, just complete telling off. You see, of- when you say you came in early for, to play this... I know yeah. that you came in early enough, and I speak as someone who will arrive at a casino a good hour before the game begins and will make sure that I am literally the first one in my seat at the table checking that my chip stack is correct 10 minutes before the shuffle up and deal. You landed the morning that this started. Yeah, I landed. The The, the tournament started at 12.30 p.m. I landed at 10 after 11. Wow. Um, which even by... I, I don't think I could have gotten there any faster i got there um about like 12 35 or 12 40 it was crazy now you know how long it takes to get from heathrow into central london luckily it was a saturday so there was little traffic i had a really zippy driver and because i fly so often i got i get through customs pretty quickly these days so it all just sort of came together um, and when I got there, and look, the one perk that I had going for me was, like I said, I paid my own buy-in, but um, 
you know, the, the Hippodrome, I waited in line with everybody else, but the Hippodrome, they were waiting for me. Like they knew I was going to be there. So I was able to get seated pretty quickly. Uh, I don't do shout outs, but I do have to mention that, you know, uh, Asif, the, uh, the poker tourist. I know Asif very well. This fucking move was amazing. So there was a long line for registration at this point. There was a lot like alternates. You know, we were into like alternate 40 or something by the time I, I got there. I think it's worth mentioning at this point because you just drew attention to the crowd. This was the biggest mega stack ever. This was a huge event. Yeah, I mean, it, you could tell because so I, I'm waiting in this line. And yes, I think if I had jumped to the front of it, I probably wouldn't have had to wait. But that's, you know, I just can't. <laughs> it's not that I can't do that. I just can't be seen doing that. So I get in line. And as soon as I get in line, like a, a line forms behind me, like 10 people, you know, just automatically are behind me. And so I see if the poker tourist comes up and he's like, hey, Joe, how's it going? But then doesn't leave the line oh, after nice. we're done talking. Uh, what do they and call I, that in curb? Is it the cut and, the, the cut and chat? The chat and cut? Yeah, whatever, whatever it is. Like, And I didn't know. I was like, God, what do I do here? Like, because I'm one of those people, James, you've been out with me in public. I don't like cutting i don't like any situation like this i'm a very fair if i'm at the bar like recently i had a bartender uh uh get snippy with me because she went to take my order and i was like this guy's next and she's like oh do you want to do my whole job for me like i am all about the etiquette of like people going where they're supposed to go and so i didn't want i didn't know what to do so i ended up just letting him stay there and he cut me <laughs> it was the best part he got in front of me so I mean, it was just kind of an awkward start to things. Um, and then so I, I get my I chips and I go sit down and half of the PokerStars office is playing. Were they all event. wearing those little badges that say, hello, I work for PokerStars? Yeah. And so, you know, Maddie, the intern who, you know, we joke, he's like a very young looking boy. Like he's very he looks like a, a teenager. He's sitting in this tournament and he has got. Like the big headphones in the hoodie. He looks like he goes from Maddie the intern to Maddie like the fucking shark. Like he was intimidating. He was not at How? my table. He's about five foot nothing. How can he ever be intimidating? Because he's sitting at the table, like really serious look on his face. Like I was fucking flabbergasted. I was like, that's that's fucking Maddie the intern right there. So James is the guy who's sitting at the tournament, um, who is uh, you know, checking his chip stack. Uh, before he sits down, I think I played like three hands before. I was like, "Hey, what did we start with? Uh, what, what what was the starting stack in this?" Um, I played James. I played so well. I played like I normally. Because now, you granted, you don't play poker that often, but when you do, you're not the kind to kind of provide live updates or give it in the running commentary, but. I was getting texts from Joe because, A, I could tell you were really up for it. You really wanted to play. You were in the mood, but you were also in the zone. And clearly, you were very happy with the decisions you were making, the the cards you were playing, and you were building a stack. I was, yeah. Um, I For some reason, now, I don't know why this happened. I, for some reason, had like an image and a rep and I wasn't going to showdown very often, which I was taking advantage of uh, for the first time ever. My very first hand, I managed to win like a fairly big pot with King Queen where someone was like, called me down pretty light. And then after that, I had like image for always having it. Um, I got away with a couple of great bluffs. Like I bluffed a guy off of Ace King when I had Ace Queen um, in on like the turn or something where none of us hit anything. And that's, that's usually not my style. Like my style is just to like, because I had three bet pre flop, my 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 style is usually like three bet pre flop, continuation bet, 
give up. Yeah. And I just, I decided to double barrel this time. And the guy folded ace king to me, which was fucking awesome because uh, I didn't have anything. That was a pretty big pot. Um, I was in a good mood because I got, I got a massage and I, then, then we went on break and then I got a massage again. And what I like to do, James, is I like to make sure that I have to finish like third or better to break even. So 170 pound buy-in, 440 pounds for the extra hotel nights, about 120 in massages. I was paying for my own drinks, which again, I don't think I really have to do in the Hippodrome, but I feel like a shithead being like, hey, can I get this comp? So I'm like, I'm like into this for like close to 600 pounds, I want to say, maybe more. And uh, I, all I'm doing now, James, you know that I've never cashed at the Hippodrome. I'm well aware of that, Joe, due to our uh, 10% swap arrangement. Yes. Oh, and I did text James and I said, look, you know, I paid my own buy-in for this, which typically when, when we're swapping, we tend to be uh, uh, at a discount. Yeah. So I said, but, you know, if I if I cash in this, I'll still kick you a little something. I, I'm not going to give you 10% no, of but 30 you, grand. <laughs> no, but you said that with confidence and I could tell that you fully expected to at least make the money because I believe did the bubble burst at the end of the day or something. You were closing yeah. in on the money. So my goal was because I'd never cashed before was just to make it out of the rebuy period because at least I wasn't going to have to spend another 170. So once I got out of like the, uh, the re-entry period, I was like, I did it, everybody. This is a new record for me. And we came back for the last level of the night and I had about uh, 150K and the blinds were 3,000, 6,000, which is like one of those like annoying stacks. You say it's an annoying stack size and granted if you follow you know any of the major live events that we cover that sounds like a pretty shallow stack in one of these events that's a lot of chips it is a lot of chips yeah so i wasn't feeling that bad about it like i was feeling great i had to last it was the last session of the night in their 30 minute level so i had to last an hour and i had managed i was not all in at any point during the day i think i said all in one time when i had like the nuts on the river um and i didn't get called so i was never all in at any point when, uh, you know, the tables from the other room are breaking and all of a sudden uh, I'm in the, the 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 eight hole or nine hole, whatever's the last seat of the table. And the one hole comes graphical Dave Uh-oh. seated to my left, uh, at which point uh, about two hands into this level where graphical Dave's been seated to my left uh, begins the most interesting hand of the night. And I think this would be a good time for a little hand history. It's a fantastic journey through space and time. It's Hand Histories. Pre-flop action. So I'm under the gun, and I look down for the first time all day at Pocket Aces. Which is the best hand you can have pre-flop. And I am like, woohoo, under the gun. This is great. There's lots of short stacks. People have been... Uh, raising and re-raising getting it in so this is wonderful uh and for the first time all day also i just min raise the blinds are three thousand six thousand i put out a minimum raise to twelve thousand uh graphical dave who is next to axe seated directly to my left decides to make it seventeen thousand i know where this is going winner winner chicken dinner action folds all the way back around to me where i make it 60,000. Okay, so we're now committed, but not that you care because you've got aces, baby! Correct. And I'm trying to tell now, Graphical Dave, I'm trying to tell Graphical Dave, I have aces. I'm never going to make it 60,000 with any other hand. I'm not doing it with kings. 
I'm not doing it with Ace King. With Ace King, I'm not saying I would fold, but I'm just moving all, all in. in with Ace King. Exactly. With that stack size, you're shoving. The fact that your four bet is as small in inverted commas as it is, leaving yourself uh, so little behind, it does. It, let's put it this way: it polarizes your hand for sure. Yeah. And so, Dave moves all in. I call. What does he have? He's. He says, do you have aces? I say, yes, I do. Dave has pocket kings. 80% favorite, Joe. I know where this is going. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> and Dave says, can I go back to my other table, please? Uh, at which point we see... The flop. And really, we can stop right here, everybody, because the flop contains a king. Oh, Joe, no. This is, I look, I play really bad. And uh, at this point of the table... Uh, we have a player who says, oh, wow, that's crazy. I folded a king. No, you got one outed. I got one outed. Uh, at least it happened on the flop. You know, silver linings, everybody. Uh, I did not manage to ca catch an ace on the turn or the river. Do we have a loser, loser, chicken schmoozer? No, we, we only have this. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Which doesn't seem appropriate right now. No, it's not at all appropriate. So, um... I just, I don't know what I can do, James. The problem is I don't play enough poker, right? If I'm going to be really, um, look, I don't, I don't really believe in luck. I don't really believe in one person being unluckier than the other. Um, I don't play enough poker. If I played more poker, these things, I would eventually, I would eventually cash or win something. I really do. And James, when I told him how much money I was into this, this whole thing for was like, uh, I seem to remember you saying that you were going to be better with your money in 2018. And I was like, dude, I have to be plus EV in a tournament like this. I just, the fact that I can't cash in it really like this is, this is super annoying. And people say this all the time, but you know what? I play poker so infrequently. I'm going to say it right now. If I win that hand, I am guaranteed to cash in this tournament. Yeah. I've got, I'm going to have over 300,000 in chips. Uh, with one hour left to go in the day, there's just no way I don't cash in this tournament. So, look, I had a really good time. I do have to say thank you to um, some really cool fans that I met. Andy and Bonnie, who were a nice couple, bought me a couple of beers. Uh, Kelly, uh, Kevin, a bunch of other people. And this quick little uh, thank you to this guy named James McGeorge who wasn't there but tried to phone in a beer for me. <laughs> with his credit card. Yeah, he like called the casino and was like, I want to buy a beer for someone who's in. And they were like, really? And he, apparently he tried really hard. So I just want to say thank you to everyone there and, uh, and also to Carrie Jane for hosting me uh, at, uh, at the casino. And look, it was still a really fun tournament. I don't really regret it, even though it was incredibly painful at the time. But I do have to say this, Graphical Dave, you're fired. You're fucking fired. It's actually quite funny because uh, an incident happened today where we suddenly realized we needed an extra graphics person for Sochi and there were two names on the list. Oh God. And I actually looked and I went, no, we can't have, we can't have Dave. Joe, Joe, Joe will veto that. So uh, go, go with the other guy. Go with the other guy. Uh, just a quick one before we bring our super fan onto the show. There is an event at the Hippodrome this weekend. Uh, that's from the 9th to the 11th of March. It is the £250 London series. Should you wish to share in some of Joe's excitement and hopefully not pain, uh, that's the London series, 9th to the 11th of March, and there is a platinum pass up for grabs. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out 
and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. So please welcome to Poker in the Ears from the United Kingdom, Mr. Robert Vernon. Greetings, Rob. Hi, guys. You all right? We are Hi, well. Hi, Rob. Hi, Joe. Rob, what are you up to today? What are you wearing? Um, my <laughs> pajamas. I just got out of bed not long ago. I did the night Isn't shift. Isn't it? Oh, night shift doing what? Uh, I work at a repair centre in. It's a large electrical retailer, shall we say, uh, and it's the repair centre, and I take care of the night shift. What do you do? You actually repair things yourself, or you're just in charge like the little elves there working overnight? <laughs> I do occasionally repair things myself. That's what I used to do. But uh, since moved on as a sort of light smith, takes care of uh, all the issues. We have a manager as well, um, and he looks after me. But I'm just generally the technical support for the guys that repair things. I have to say, what? Rob, I'm impressed because I imagine that most people listening are like me, thinking that you take stuff to a repair centre and it takes fucking forever to come back because these guys are probably putting in like two hours a day. You have a night shift. Yeah, it's a 24-7 operation. Uh, it's a lot of uh, laptops, TVs, iPads, phones, everything, games, consoles, we repair everything. Does that mean what you're a complete it? nerd? Uh, not really. I don't like computers secretly. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> I love that. You can tell he means it because he just refers to all electronics as computers. Oh, honestly. it's it. There are some proper guys there that know everything. They know everything about the latest games, the latest hardware, the latest software. And I'm not really into all that, but I know enough to do my job. I have to know, what is the biggest piece of shit product that constantly comes in there breaking all the time? And you're just like, ah, what a joke. What an idiot. Whoever bought this. Um, don't think I'm, well, I know it doesn't matter, actually, because you don't know who, who I work for. But uh, I would say the uh, the Xboxes, PS3s, PlayStations, they just keep coming in and they just break constantly uh, you know, with the red lights, the red rings, and they just get replaced, basically, for the newer models. You know, I um I do this joke in my act about how when I was uh, 15 years old, I wanted to be Batman, and now I'm not even a man because <laughs> la last week my Xbox broke and I cried. Uh. Like, my like I get real, I got really really sad when my Xbox broke. So I can I feel these people pain. And uh, do you guys uh, when you're working there? I just because I you know. Anytime you work somewhere where the general public doesn't see it, are people just like chucking the machines around and just being like, ah, we'll fix it anyway? No, it's people's pride and joy. I always uh, believe that and, and get everybody to treat the things the same way. Treat it as if it's your own, repair it as if it's your own, um, and then we give the best service possible. Now, Rob, you may not be an actual fan of computers, but are you a fan of poker played on computers on the internet? Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic, because I know you're a regular in our free rolls, and today we're uh -huh. going to give you the chance to win a $22 satellite ticket and, of course, a chipset. Now, Rob, in picking your specialist subject, I think we went through numerous drafts with you because you kept picking topics that had already been ticked off. Yeah, I didn't really quite catch all the shows. I'm quite a really relatively new listener, so I wasn't aware of everything that had been done. I'm surprised you let me have... Pulp Fiction, because you have done the Tarantino questions, haven't yeah, you, before? Yeah, I don't know whether you actually listened to that quiz, but it was such a dumpster fire that it was definitely worth revisiting. We had a Tarantino superfan who I don't think had ever seen a Tarantino movie. Uh, he just liked 
the style of the film, but it just generally probably gave them all a watch. Look, if memory serves also, some of those questions were really hard. It's like, how many pages was the Reservoir Dogs script in its third draft? Now, this quiz has been compiled by our trusty interns, Matty and Robbie. I've only just cast an eye over it. I think most of these questions are pretty easy, but there's a couple in there that are like, ooh. So it's lucky dip. It's pick of the draw because they're numbered 1 through 12. We're going to have five questions each. The usual format, there's multiple choice options, but you don't have to take them if you want to get two points. And Rob, as our guest, as our contestant, as our super fan, you get to pick first. Let's go in number one. Let's start it easy. Question number one. I imagine that you will get this without the multiple choice options. What do they call a quarter pounder with cheese in France? Royale with cheese. For two points. That was a gimme. That was a total gimme. Uh, Joseph, let's see if you can pick an equally easy question. Question two. Question two. Who serves Mia and Vincent at Jack Rabbit Slims? As in, which icon of pop culture? Buddy Holly. Correct, for two points. And there is a bonus question. Which actor makes a cameo appearance playing Buddy Holly? Steve Buscemi. Correct for a point. And Joe, you have a 3-2 lead after the first Woo! round. God damn it. Uh, Rob, <laughs> do you want to continue going chronologically or would you like to go somewhere else? Let's go three. Question three. Which Bible passage does Jules recite multiple times in the movie? Ezekiel 25, 17, the path of the righteous man. Uh, you don't have to quote it. it. I just needed, <laughs> just needed the first bit. That's worth know. two Show points. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Joe. Let's go. Number four. Number four. Butch picks up multiple weapons in the pawn shop, but which one does he ultimately decide to use? Uh, the samurai sword. Correct. For two points. I told you these were easy. Uh, Rob, number five by any chance? Go for it. Now, this is where they start getting a little bit tougher. What college is Vincent wearing a t-shirt from? Oh, the slugs. Now, before you say anything, if you're not 100% sure, don't forget there are multiple choice options available should you wish to play for one point. Let's go for the multiple choice. Okay, is it UC Santa Cruz, UC California State, UC Berkeley, or UC Cornell University? Santa Cruz. It is Santa Cruz for a point. It's a tight game. Uh, Joe, which question? Uh, I just love the UC Santa Cruz banana slugs. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, let's go for question number six then. Complete the quote, Joe. They speak English and what? What? Jules's next line is. And there are no multiple choice options, bizarrely, with this one. Oh. Uh, say what one more goddamn time? No, it's not. Close, but no cigar. Um, as in, he says that line, but not at this point. So, Rob, right. Jules says they speak English in what? Brett says what? What, what does Jules what? say next? What? Isn't, isn't a country I ever heard of? No, it's English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Uh. <laughs> Would you like question seven, Rob? Yes, please. What is the punchline to the joke that Mia tells Vincent? Ketchup. It is for two points, and there is a bonus. <laughs> what was Mia's speciality supposed to be in Fox Force 5? Knives. Correct for a point, and you now have wow. a five lead. Joe, are we going with question eight by any chance? What's the score? 
the score right now is eight points to Rob, five points to Joe. All right, since I'm behind, I'm going to have to skip question eight and go with my lucky number nine. Which song is playing during the twist competition? Uh, which song is playing? I guess I'll take the multiple choices. Is it Everybody's Twisting, Shake a Tail Feather, You Never Can Tell, Twist and Shout? What was the first one? Everybody's Twisting. Everybody's Twisted. It's not, as you never can tell. There is a bonus point, though, available, Joe. The artist of said song. Uh, Chubby Checker. No. Chuck, Chuck, I just heard this amazing sound. Chuck yeah, was shit. Chuck I was stupid. Uh, which question would you like, Rob? It's the final round. Let's go. It was nine, yeah? That was nine that Joe just took. Yeah, so eight is available, should you wish to take it. Let's do ten. Let's do ten. Oh, this is one of the... Slightly tougher ones, although something tells me that you know this movie back to front and you're going to nail it without the multiple choice options. How long does it take the wolf to get to Jimmy's house? And I need it to the exact second. Don't know the seconds. There's no multiple choice, no? There are multiple choice options available. Let's do that. Does it take him 9 minutes and 37 seconds? 10 minutes and 7 seconds, 9 minutes 27 seconds, or 8 minutes 47 seconds? 8.47? No, 9.37. Bonus question. <laughs> what is the wolf's first name? Winston. It is Winston for a point. Joe, your final question can be 8, 11, or 12. Uh, I think I made a mistake skipping 8. Let's go back to 8. What does it say on Jules's wallet? I do not know. Go on. The multiple choice options are bad mother good mother sad mother or mother mother Gotta be bad mother It is. And there is a bonus point available to you, Joe. The wallet actually belonged to one of the cast members. Whose wallet was it? <clears throat> Let's see. We got, who else is in the show? We got the Travolta. We got uh, Ving Rames. Incorrect. Rob, do you know? Tarantino. It is Tarantino's, which means the final score is 10 points to Rob. I didn't know Tarantino counted as a cast member. He plays Jimmy. Yes, I know he's in the movie, but... Well, then he's in the cast, isn't he? Yeah, but he's also not in the cast, too. <laughs> what do you mean? How is he not in the cast? He wrote the movie and he directed the movie. So and he stars like in the movie. He's still a cast member. He's still a cast member. How is he not a cast member? He's credited. It's not a cameo. I'm not saying, but he's not hes not just a cast member. It didn't say belong to someone who was just a member of the cast and had no other involvement in the movie, did it? Well, what question would ever say that? It doesn't matter because, Rob Vernon, you scored more points than Joe, regardless of that bonus point, And that means you've won this week's Superfan vs. Stapes. It means you were going to get a $22 satellite ticket and a mini chipset. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You are more you deserve than welcome. It, Rob. Hey, but, but next time I'm in the UK, can I bring my GameCube over? I can't get it to uh, I can't get it to fire. Yeah, if there's anything you send in for repair, just give me a shout and uh, I can look after it for you. It's not a problem. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you. James is going to use it more than you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my babies, that is almost all the time we have got for this week's show. Coming up next week, we are going to recap the entirety of the cast challenge, more specifically the episodes we haven't covered just yet. 
And with us to do that will be Cake Jody, Jake Cody himself. Very excited. Jake has had a pretty exciting last couple of months, especially playing in this cash game. So we will talk to him about that. We will be having super fan Phil Razor, not Razor, but Razor on the phone. And he is going to quiz me on the movie Tombstone, which I will rewatch between now and then. I really because- liked this movie when it came out. There were two, I believe, at the same time, around, uh, talking like uh, Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp and the gunfight at the OK Corral. So this is the one with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer, right? Yes. And then there and- was Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. Correct. Yes. And so uh, this one I saw when I was a teenager and I, I, I didn't really do much for me. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. Everyone like loved this movie and I was like, meh. So yeah. So we're going to watch it again. Don't forget guys, please rate review and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Even if you're not listening to every episode, just to download it. hard drive space is cheap. Not like it was in the eighties. So for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Uh, and yeah, thanks a lot. Alex Foxen. Spell you later. hoping joe would end the show by wishing me a happy birthday still i'll try to have a good day absolute debacle i'm fuming